part of having a successful team is building trust. The relationships that you have with your team as a leader are no different to relationships you have in any part of your life. So when you think about your partner, your children, your friends, you've got to have a strong relationship for things to work. They want to trust you. They want to believe in you and they want to believe that you value them. Welcome to Mindset Mastery. My name is Rachel Tapscott and I'm so excited to have you here. Today, we're exploring the foundations of successful leadership in business from large corporations to sole traders. I'm joined by leadership coaching expert, Kerry Kingham, to talk about the qualities a successful leader needs to develop, the importance of building strong relationships as a leader, and some strategies for how to have difficult conversations with members of your team. Kerry has over 15 years of experience in leadership roles in the corporate world and now runs her business, Kerry Kingham Coaching, to help business owners grow to their full potential and become successful leaders in their industry. Whether you're a business owner, a manager, or an employee, a leader of a team, or flying solo in business, there is great advice in this episode to help you grow your communication and leadership skills. I'm very pleased to welcome to the show, Kerry Kingham. Good morning, Kerry. Thanks for joining me on Mindset Mastery today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to talk about all things to do with leadership today. And Mm -hmm. just to start with, can I get a bit of an idea of your background and how you transitioned from working with corporate industries to now working with small businesses? Sure. Look, I've been in leadership roles. I was in leadership roles in corporate for over 15 years. So yes, I'm old. And I've worked my way up from being an individual contributor in a team to sort of my first leadership role and ended up in a really senior role responsible for a team of around 60. And I loved the ability to get the best out of people and see them develop themselves. But I must admit, I got to the point where I burnt out. You know, I was working corporate hours for a long time. And I finally got to a point where I thought, you know what, I just need to do something different. So I started my own business. And as part of that, I realised that when I was working with a lot of small business owners, the challenges they were having weren't actually around their business as such or their people as such. It was around the fact that they didn't have the skills and the knowledge about leading their team. And, you know, even in corporate and particularly in small business, leadership is really a defining success factor. So I've really focused on coaching small business leaders and helping them develop the skills that they would get if they were working in a leadership role in corporate. Are the skills the same that you would use when working in a corporate environment to working in a small business, especially even if you're the sole trader in that business? That's a great question because I think people think to be a leader, you have to have a team, you have to have a team of people. But it's not the case because, you know, leadership qualities actually come in three levels and and this is something that we use a lot in corporate but really transitions well into small business and the first is leading yourself so it's understanding yourself and your strengths and weaknesses then you move to leading people which is about you know having um, the right people in roles and getting the most out of them and then you move on in a senior role to leading an organization so when you think about it for a small business owner even if they're just a sole trader, and I shouldn't say just a sole trader because that's me, but a sole trader, you have to do all of those things. You have to wear all the hats all the time. So I actually think the skills that you need are the same and they're even more impactful when you're running your own business. Mm, Yeah, that's so important because like you said, you are doing all the different things yourself, especially at the beginning, you don't have all the support you would have in a big corporation. 
Absolutely. Mm. You know, you have to actually be able to set up a strategy. You have to be able to manage your time. You have to be able to look at marketing. You have to be able to look at how to use your resources, particularly if it's just you, you know, because you might be doing everything from the, the business development to the lead generation, to the marketing, to the proposals, to closing the sale. And when you think about it in corporate, you'd have a whole range of people doing that for you. And if you don't get it right as a small business owner, it has a much bigger impact on your business because there's less flex. You don't have other divisions that are still bringing in revenue for you or other people that can pick up the slack. It all lies on you. Yeah, absolutely. That is so, so important. Do you believe that successful leadership is kind of a mindset in itself? Absolutely. You have to have belief in what you're doing and you have to have confidence. And one thing that I come across with just about everybody, I mean, I teach leadership as well at universities, and this is a common thread in in students as well that are doing things like MBAs right through to small business owners is imposter syndrome, you know, and the fact that, oh, who am I to think I can do this? What was I thinking putting in a quote for that? You know, oh my God, what about if this doesn't go right? So I think that the mindset has to be there. You have to actually have a really strong why. You have to understand what you want to do and why you want to do it. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. And a lot of that comes back to your mindset and the self-belief because you have to set yourself stretch goals if you want your business to grow. And you have to be able to be self-disciplined, you know, and you have to understand your strengths and your weaknesses. If you're someone that's running your own business and you know you're not great at time management, you have to manage that yourself. And you have to show up as the leader, you know, and set the strategy and work towards that goal, whether it's you or whether it's you and a team of four or five other people. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Talking about the why as well, that is just Mm. such an important driving force behind any business. And for you and your business, what is the why behind what you do? My why is helping people reach their potential. You know, I really want to go out there and see people sort of sit there and all of a sudden go, oh my goodness, I can do this. Or now I understand why things haven't been working. And to see them turn their business around, see their team suddenly become more engaged, see them not have problems with staff leaving or staff turnover. And to all of a sudden start to see them achieve those strategic goals. Because for most business owners, and now I suppose I'm talking more about people who have a team rather than people that perhaps are, are trading by themselves, They get so bogged down in working in the business, they don't have time to work on it. So they've got this massive potential, you know, great ideas, but they just don't have the time to execute on them. And they're so used to being that technical professional because that's how they started off. You know, they started off perhaps as a graphic designer or a photographer or a hairdresser who is really, really good at what they do. They get a great reputation. They have more clients than they can handle, so they bring in a team. And it's a really different set of skills to managing yourself and leading yourself to then having to lead a group of people. So my role when I go in is to kind of give them back that space, take away that overwhelm and give them the skills to know how to delegate, how to structure their time, how to prioritise, how to actually write a strategy for their business and how to get their team on board with it, but also feel comfortable in stepping back away from the day-to-day operations. And all of a sudden, they're getting stuff done and their business is growing, but their profits are growing as well. So they're not just, you know, working till midnight every night to do everything and still working in the business during the day. And that's not why they got into business. And they got into business because they had a passion for something. And I love developing people. So that's my why. And I want to go in and help them find theirs. That is awesome. I love that. So if we start to look at what 
a successful leader is. Can we Mm -hmm. look at the difference between being a manager and really being a leader of a team? Absolutely. It's the age-old question, isn't it? What's management and what's leadership? (laughs) And look, you know, in a small business in particular, I think there is a bit of a crossover. But if we really get into the nitty-gritty of what leadership is, it's about influencing. Okay, so it's about being being able to bring a group of people together and get them working towards a common goal. While if you look at management, it's absolutely a facet of leadership, but it's more about the processes, the procedures and directing the teams themselves. So if you imagine in a business you've got, so if we looked at a hairdressing salon, okay, because I've actually worked with a lot of hairdressers, which is really strange because I've got no background in that industry whatsoever. But you've got all your apprentices and your hairstylists, okay, so they're your, your team members or your followers. Then you might have a salon manager and they're the manager who's responsible for making sure that the stock's there, you know, and priced correctly, that the appointments are booked, that the stylists are following the correct processes and charging the right amounts and managing their sort of performance. And then the leader might actually be the salon owner. So that's the difference. And the leader is the one stepping back and going, okay, I want to open a second salon. I've got to build the strategy to actually put that in place. But they've still got to have someone in there making sure that the operational side of the business ticks along. So that's really the difference between the two. One is around doing, one is around influencing, guiding and being that visionary. And when really great leadership and strong and effective management go together, that's when you have a powerhouse happening in a business because you've got vision with action. You've got a vision that people can actually deliver on and execute on. So would you say then a successful leadership and management team, whereas the manager is more of the details and the leader is more of the big picture? Absolutely. The leader is the visionary. And the manager is the execution of it. You know, they're really operational. They're focused on the details. They're focused on making it happening and delivering on that vision. Mm. So, you know, they would be the ones that would go, okay, we actually need, we're not at full capacity. We need to um, bring in another, you know, stylist. And they would make sure that they actually get the stylist trained while the leader would be going, yes, because we need to make sure we are at full capacity because our strategy is to grow to X, Y, Z within the next 12 months. So they really do need to work hand in hand. But the challenge is in a lot of smaller businesses, there's that point before they can actually have enough revenue coming in to be able to afford to do both. So the leader and the manager have to be the same person. And that in itself is challenging as well. Mm. I think especially you're either hardwired to be one or the other. So trying to wear all those hats in the beginning could be challenging if it's not naturally in your personality flow. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, part of being a leader is knowing yourself. And that's why learning to lead yourself and understanding your own strengths and weaknesses is really important. And I think as a business owner, having really great self-awareness, and that's where it comes back to mindset as well, because if you actually find out that, okay, I'm really great with um, the detail, but I'm not so great with the human or the relationship side of things, if you're the business owner and the leader, you have to balance those skills out because, you might be great at getting your task your team to execute on things, but they'll feel like they're being micromanaged because all you're doing is task, 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 because you're so worried that you want to get everything done. You've got so much work going on. Well, you need to be able to develop those human skills as well because you need to have them engaged and build the relationship with them. So I'm of the belief that leadership can be learned. It's not something that you're born with and you can do it or not do it. But you also have to be really open to be coach and to be developing yourself, you know, continually focused on self-development and learning. Yeah. And that's as well, communication with your team 
is vitally important. Massively, massively. I would say in 99% of cases when I go into a business or when I'm coaching or when I'm working with a leadership group, even in corporate, communication is what causes most of the problems. Because we're human and we react and we respond, we have emotions, um, we have things going on outside work. So if you're someone, again, who perhaps is really task-focused and is very direct in your style and you're working with someone who is much more relationship-focused, is much more about, I want to get to know you and I want to feel that you like me, that's going to cause a problem from day one. And I think the days of going, well, that's just the way I am and people need to, to deal with it or I'm the boss and they just need to do what I say, that just doesn't cut it anymore. So people have to believe that, you've got their best interests at heart. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to listen and engage with people and build that relationship. So if you look at the skills or if you look at the things that people are looking for in their leaders now compared to probably, say, 10 years ago, and even more so since COVID when I suppose our home life and our work life have blurred even more, people want to see you bringing your whole self to work. So if you're a leader who can't be open, who can't be authentic, who can't build that relationship, you're not going to keep your team members anymore. We've got multi-generational teams. We've got five different generations working in organisations together now, and they all need different things. So as the leader, it's actually up to you to flex and change your style. It's not up to your team members. So as the leader, you have to build your communication skills and communicate with them in a way that makes them feel comfortable. So it's a tough gig. You know, it really is a tough gig being a leader. Yeah. <laughs> Why would anyone do it? <laughs> yeah, that is a really, really good point. Just there's so many different personalities and generations working together in companies. Yep. That would be really tough to be able to handle and um, connect with all of those different Absolutely. personality types. Absolutely. And you think about it, even things like just the way you communicate with them. Like if, say, if you've got someone, like I'm in my 50s, you know, I'm quite happy to say I'm, I'm going to be 55 this year. And I've led teams that have had people as young as 19 up to people my same age. And it's like you have to put on a different hat every time you talk to them because with the younger ones, they would much rather meet the younger ones. Oh my God, I sound so old when I say that. <laughs> but they would much rather me send them a text or a Slack message or a Facebook Messenger. While the um, ones that are closer to my age would rather me walk up to them face to face or send them a long email explaining things. So again, as the leader, in the back of your mind, you've got all this stuff you've got to do. You've got meetings, you've got, you know, perhaps meetings with suppliers or with clients, you've got to plan things. But you've also got these people out working in your business that if you don't keep them engaged and don't get them buying in and feeling like they're part of the family, they're not going to deliver for you either. So it's that balance all the time of having the skills to be able to know how to connect with different people and how to get the most out of them um, while still keeping your business ticking over as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's that saying about looking after your team and your team will look after your customers then. How absolutely. important is that statement? Absolutely crucial because particularly if your team can see that you're going above and beyond for customers. If you're offering them deals and incentives and you're treating them with kid gloves all the time, but you don't treat your staff well, that gives a disconnect to start off with. So they don't feel valued. And part of having a successful team is building trust. The relationships that you have with your team as a leader 
are no different to relationships you have in any part of your life. So when you think about your partner, your children, your friends, you've got to have a strong relationship for things to work. They want to trust you. They want to believe in you and they want to believe that you value them. So if they look at you and go, they really value the clients, but they treat us like rubbish in the background, at some point that will flow onto the clients. You know, they won't actually go above and beyond because you want your team to be an extension of you. You want every one of them out there having as much buy-in and as much skin in the game as you do being the business owner. And the only way you do that is by building trust and a really authentic relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the saying that I always use, and I anybody who works with me anywhere is always a bang on about this all the time, is you won't get what you want till they get what they need. So if you apply that to everything, if you apply it to your staff, if you apply it to your customers, you can even apply it to your partner and your kids. If you look at it from their perspective and think, what do they need to be able to do their job, to be able to feel valued, to be able to deliver, you will actually get what you're seeking from them as well. Because they feel connected to you, they feel valued, they feel like you trust them and respect them. And that's what we want as human beings. I love that. That is a great way to look at it. So looking at some distinctive qualities of a Mm -hmm. successful leader, we've touched on a few different things already, but what would you say some of the most important attributes and qualities to have to be successful in leadership? Well, I think you need to have confidence, but that doesn't mean be overconfident or be, you know, arrogant. It means confidence and belief, absolutely integrity is a big thing. Like do what you say, say what you do. Um, and follow through, you know, actions and words have to align. I think ethics as well. There's a saying that says, you know, a team is the the sum of the the worst behaviour a leader will walk past and ignore. So you've got to have ethics. You've got to have that line in the sand and have the values to go with it. I think transparency um, and honesty as well, you know, because there, and you have to be able to have a vision. You have to be able to see into the future and have a vision that you're working towards. But from a respect and engagement perspective I would say transparency integrity authenticity and ethical are really really important things Mm. because people want to know what they can expect from you they want that consistency they want to know that when you step into the office it's going to be like this you know when Kerry comes into the office she's going to do this this and this we know she's going to be professional we know what we can do and what we can't do they don't want to see a leader that comes in and has moods all over the place and, you know, things like that. You're the, the barometer in the room. You set the tone. So what you model is what your team is going to do. So if you want an ethical team and a professional team, you need to be ethical and professional. You know, if you want an authentic team, you need to be an authentic leader. What happens to a team if the leader comes in and is hot and cold and has different moods, like you said, on different days? How does that affect the dynamic and success of the team? Well, I think what it does is take their focus away what they're supposed to be doing because they're so worried about managing your expectations. They're worried about, can I go and talk to them today? So if they can see that you're in a bad mood or you appear to be really stressed, and they've been sort of wanting to have a conversation with you about something that's really important, they won't have that conversation because they don't know how you're going to respond. So they'll think, oh, I'll I'll put it off, I'll wait till they're in a better mood. Now, if you're in a bad mood for three days out of the week, it could be that something in the background is building and building and they can't come and talk to you. 
So it does distract them from their, their focus. It also makes them wonder what's causing you to behave like that. You know, particularly now after COVID when so many businesses are struggling, if you suddenly saw your leader coming in and being really stressed and shutting their office door and not being approachable like they normally are, you kind of think the worst. So, you know, you set, as I said, you're the barometer, you set that tone. So even if things are going really, you know, perhaps a little bit pear-shaped in the background and you, and you know you can resolve them, you need to be like that duck. You need to be really calm on the surface. You need to present that calm and confident face, even if your legs are going like crazy underneath. And you need to be the one who's setting the tone and building confidence and being approachable for your, your team to come and you know, interact with you and do their jobs. Mm, yeah, that's so important. I love that analogy as well with the, the duck on the water. <laughs> crazy duck. <laughs> So how can you grow skills as a leader, grow confidence and really the belief in yourself to be a good leader? I think, you know, particularly when you're taking on a new role, there's there's two different sort of situations. There's one where you might be promoted within a business where you might, one day you might be one of their colleagues and the next day you're a leader. And I actually think that is more challenging than coming in from outside as a new leader because one day you're sitting there, you know, whinging and bitching about the the manager and the next day you are the manager so you have to really change your perspective if you come into a new organization as a leader you have to really gain respect and, and sort of you know knowledge really quickly around your team so I think make sure you're clear around your role and your expectations know what's expected of you know the roles and expectations of your team so that you've got real clarity around what you're there to do I would say as a new leader, set up one-on-one meetings with your team members and get to know them. Or even if you've been in the business for a while, set a meeting and just have a really open and honest conversation around, look, you know, I know this feels really weird because one day I was sitting next to you making phone calls. Now I'm actually the team leader. So, wow, it feels weird for me as well. I talk about what your expectations are and what you need from them. Ask what they need from you and just start to build that open dialogue. Um, be really honest and transparent all the time. Don't jump in and try and change the world as a brand new leader. You know, understand the lay of the land and ask for their feedback. If they feel that you value them, they'll walk over hot coals for you. You know, they'll they'll have your back all the time. But I think developing leadership skills, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can use a coach, you can have a mentor, you can perhaps find somebody in your industry that's been running a business like your business if you're a small business owner and ask them to mentor you. There's lots of courses you can do through places like TAFE, you can do bachelor degrees or MBAs, but a lot of those take a long time to actually build the skills. So, you know, someone like me, I'm I'm just going to say it out there, is the type of person that goes out and coaches, you know, leaders around how to develop their skills. But I think the first step is getting to know yourself, being really honest and self-aware around what your strengths and weaknesses are and being open to developing them and then read, get information, you know, ask for help as much as you can. But don't expect to know everything on the first day and don't pretend you know everything straight away because people will see straight through that. Yeah, definitely. Can we talk as well about developing social and emotional intelligence to be able to communicate better with your team? Absolutely. Look, social intelligence is a range of skills so it covers things like emotional intelligence it covers things like resilience and it covers communication styles so social intelligence is about being able to I suppose read the room read the situation understand what the other person needs and communicate and engage with them in a way that makes them feel comfortable 
So there's four social styles. There's the driving style, amiable, analytical and expressive. The driving style is, and this is not personalities, this is you know, the things that you see and the things that they do. So it's not what goes on up in your head. You know, no one can actually analyse your personality by looking at you. But if you were meeting with someone and they were very direct and they used quite short sentences and they perhaps, you know, gestured with their hands towards you and they were very blunt, they would probably be a driving style. They're quite autocratic. So if you went in and you were an amiable style, someone who's very relationship focused and you tried to have 10 minutes of small talk with that person before you got down to business, they're going to think, oh, for goodness sakes, just get on with it, you know. So it's about being able to read that in your team members and actually match your style to what they need. And the same with the expressive. The expressives are the people that would walk into a room and go, morning, everybody. What a fabulous day. Oh, my God, Rachel, you look amazing today, blah, 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 blah. They need lots of feedback. They need lots of, you know, positive reinforcement. You're doing an awesome job. You're this, you're that, the other. The analyticals are the people who they need to be right. They'll spend a lot of time making decisions because they'll want to work through all the data. They'll, they won't want to present the spreadsheet to you until they're absolutely sure it's right. So again, if you're an expressive leader and you're going, oh, no, 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 don't worry about those details. Just let me have a look at it now. They'll freak out. So as a leader, you need to be able to read your team and build those skills. And along with that, the emotional intelligence of being able to regulate your emotions. So if you're really frustrated with somebody, not letting it show straight away, being able to regulate and calm yourself down, use some mindfulness to kind of center yourself before you have a discussion and you also need to be able to read and regulate the emotions of others that are with you. So if somebody's upset, you need to be able to have the, the empathy to change your approach, you know, to match what you're delivering with what they need. So it's all of these sorts of things as a leader as well, you need to be aware of because that's how you're going to get them all working together and working towards that goal, or that vision for your business. So again, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, big, big responsibility. <laughs> It is. It's a massive responsibility. And I think the challenge with leadership is that it has an impact either way. So if you have a fantastic leader or if you're a great leader, you can have such a positive impact on people. If you're a poor leader, you can have such an impact on them as well. You can make them feel undermined. You can chip away at their confidence. You can actually cause them such stress that they they can't work anymore. So there's a huge responsibility when you've got that position either in your own business or working for an organisation to actually understand that you have the ability to impact people's, not just their careers, but their health and wellbeing as well. Yeah. And looking at the flip side of that, as the employee, do you have some advice for maybe dealing with a difficult manager who might be causing you a lot of grief and either they're not aware or you know they're just not picking up on the signs that mm. you're giving and you're not getting what you need absolutely and look I think everybody will have that at least once in their working life and the big thing I think is to to not reflect and go why why are they picking on me why are they saying this why are they doing that why won't they be nice to me that, you know, nine times out of 10, they don't even think they're doing anything wrong. So instead of saying why and looking back and trying to, you know, overanalyze it and get in your own head about it, sit down and spend some time reflecting and say, what can I actually do differently so that I can give them what they need? What is it that I can take responsibility for? Because at the end of the day, you can't control them. 
you can't make them do things differently. And quite often in those situations, it might be because the leader has a lack of emotional intelligence or they actually haven't had the skills training that helps them understand why they shouldn't lead like that. So the way I would approach it is to sit down and, and work through the situations and go, okay, I need to take responsibility from that. And that's why I always use the saying of, you know, you won't get what you want till they get what they need. And I had a manager that I worked with. He was a CEO. So there was nowhere I could go, you know, where to, to actually say, I don't like him and he's being so mean to me. And I reported directly to him. So I had to work out a way to manage it. So I sat down one day and went, you know what? This is actually on me. What am I doing that's frustrating him so much? And I realised it was the way that I was communicating with him and the way I was emailing him. He had a very different style. He liked dot points. I like to send like a kind of a whole concept type email. He wanted really short deadlines. I needed time to go away and plan things and work things through. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to sit in a meeting and say to him, right, look, you know, obviously we can't often have a difference of opinion about how we proceed with things. So let's agree now how we're going to do this. I'll put it in writing to you. You agree to it. And then that's what we work towards. So I sent through the three key points and said, right, this is the first three things we're going to work on. They'll be done by this date. He went, yep, perfect. So I delivered that. Then I worked on the next bit and on the next bit. But it's about having a think yourself about what could I actually do differently? If you actually can't think of something that you're contributing towards it, and this takes quite a bit of courage, I think, but to go into them and say, look, I've been thinking about a working relationship and I know that at the moment we're not getting the best out of each other. So can we spend some time working out what we could do differently? You know, and, and just have that open and honest conversation and say, because I want to do well at my job, I want to deliver what you need, but I really need some clear guidance around what I need to change or what I need to do differently. And just take the emotion out of it and ask the question. Now, you might get some feedback that you don't like. And then that's a case of not jumping down their throat, not going, but, 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 say, okay, wow, that's, that's challenging, you know, but I appreciate you giving me that feedback. Can I go away and think about it and then can we catch up again? But it is hard to have those conversations. But I think if you don't, it's actually going to eat away at you more and the relationship will only get worse. Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice. And then from the leader and the manager's point of view what advice do you have about having those difficult conversations with your staff if they're maybe not reaching their kpis or they're you know not performing to the standard that you expect them to be how can you go about that in a constructive way this is a really challenging thing for business owners i think because most of them if i'm being really honest are paranoid that if they go and have a conversation like that someone's going to say you're bullying me and the first thing is to understand there's a difference between bullying and performance discussions. So performance discussions are about something that's specifically related to your job or an issue there. Bullying is sustained and ongoing, you know, sort of conversations around it. So the first thing I would say is be hard because there's quite often not that distance between you and the team. You know, you're working really closely with them all the time. So you have to be really professional about it. Don't put them off. If there's something that's going wrong, have the conversation early on. And first of all, you need to take all the emotion out of it. You need to make it about the issue, not about the person. So you can't say something like, Rachel, look, I hate it when you come into work late every day. You do this all the time, all the time. I'm forever having to tell you off for being late. 
and then walk off. That is not the way to do it, even though you might be frustrated that Rachel is late every single day. And, you know, but she's a really good worker when she's there. She's just always late. So there's a, there's a few steps that I look at, and this applies to most things. So you go, first of all, is it a skill gap or a will gap? So is it something that they actually don't know how to do and they need training or coaching around it, or is it just they can't be bothered because you approach them very differently? If it's a skill gap, then you can sit down and say to them, look, I, what I want to talk about is the fact that you seem to be struggling with this, this, and this. I've noticed on three occasions that, you know, this has been incorrect. So what I want to do is spend some time coaching around it and see if we can get you up to the required standard. And they'll probably go, oh, thank you. That, that would be great. If it's a will gap, then there's probably going to be pushback. What do you mean I'm not doing my job properly? Always have those conversations in private, okay? Never have them out in public. You praise in public, you discuss performance or problems in private. Don't have them when you're angry or frustrated. Wait until you've calmed down and go away and think about what you want to say. And always when you're talking to somebody, have the focus or come at it from a place of, I want to have this conversation because I care about you doing well at work. I care about you both personally and professionally. And if this continues, it's probably going to impact you both ways. Be really clear with what you're talking about. Now, I, there's a, an old saying that's called, and I'm excuse you if you have to beat this out, I'm sure it should be fine. Don't use the shit sandwich approach where you say something really good, you say something bad in the middle and you end up with something really good. Don't do that. It's really confusing. And as I said before, be specific and make it about the issue, not the person. So if I was going to talk to someone about them being late, because this is a really common thing in business, I'd say, look, Rachel, can we just have a quick chat, please? Just let's come and sit over here. Or you might even take them for a coffee, depending on what the environment's like, and say, look, I want to talk to you because I really care about your work and I care about you as a person. And I've noticed that over the past two weeks, out of 10 working days, you've been late to work on eight of them. And you know, on this day and this day and this day, you arrived this many, this many. This. So you've got to have all the, the clear data. And then you'd probably go, oh, I said, so before we go any further, is there something going on that's causing you to be late for work every day? Because, you know, I want to support you if I can. And, and probably nine times out of 10 people go, oh, no, I just slept in or I missed the bus. Okay, well, you know, it's really not fair that the rest of your team, you know, the expectation is that you're here on time. So what are we going to put in place to make sure you get to work on time each day? Da, 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 da. Do you agree that that's a fair approach? Yes. Okay, great. So we're going to put that in place. The next time this happens, there'll be a different outcome. And so it's a really straightforward conversation. You know, it's I want to have this conversation because I care about you both professionally and personally. So let's talk through what's going on. And it's a really easy structure. If they know that you care about them and that you're not coming at them from a, I'm so angry with you and I'm sick of this, it's a very different feeling. Yeah, right. yes, absolutely. <laughs> totally different outcome. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that's the sort of framework I'd use. Yeah, that's great. So what would you say is your most important piece of advice that you would give to your students when they're starting their journey as a leader? I'd say start as you mean to continue. You know, there's a big difference between being friendly and being a friend. So go in and establish what type of leader you want. Be really clear around how you want to lead, what you want from your team and be confident in that. But I would also say learn about yourself. Be really self-aware of what your tendencies tend to be and have things in place to manage them when you first start as a leader but go in and have a structure 
set clear expectations, say to people things like, you know, I will absolutely be friendly and support you at work, but I won't accept any friend, Facebook friend requests. You know, I won't go down to the pub for drinks on a Friday night. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It just means I want to create some really clear boundaries. And I think always have a strategy. So if you're the business owner and you're a leader, make sure that you've actually got a strategy for your business that, that can take you back to your kind of like your North Star, where you want to go. If you're a leader in an organisation, make sure that you're clear around what your lane is and stay swimming in your lane. You know, what are my deliverables? What do you expect from me? Have regular communication with your team and don't lead by email or absenteeism. So don't sort of step away from your team. Be out there, be with them and be human because that's what people really need. Can we just touch on as well what you were saying about being a friend first being a leader do you think it is really important to have that boundary between friendship yeah. and and leadership I you know I don't believe that you have to be a distant leader I think that you can be really connected with your team and you can be friendly to them without having to be their best friend the challenge comes that if you're friends with them and you socialize with them all the time outside of work it makes it very difficult to have an effective performance discussion. I mean, imagine if you have to make someone redundant and you socialise with them all the time as well. You know, it's, it's going to impact them professionally as well as personally. They're going to lose you as a friend at the time when they probably most need you to support them. So I would say if you're in a leadership role, say to people, look, you know, guys, the way that I operate is that absolutely we will perhaps have social events as a team and I will always be there and I'll come along. What I used to do was I'd go for the first hour or two and then leave. So then they could do what they wanted to do without me being there. But don't do things like have them as a personal friend on Facebook because it really does blur the lines and it makes it very, very difficult. I'm, and I'm not saying that doesn't mean you can't be friendly, but don't be their social friend as well. At some point, it will cause angst for one or the other of you or both, depending on what happens. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, Kerry, how can people find out more about what you do and work with you? You can jump onto my website. Uh, it's called kerrykinghamcoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram under Kerry Kingham Coaching. And I've got a variety of ways you can work with me. There's private coaching. There's just some one-on-one -on -one sessions you can book, you know, sort of in smaller um, numbers, like one or three sessions. And I'm about to launch an online course called The Leaders Lab, which is aimed at bringing a lot of the things you learn in corporate and that I teach my leadership students at university into an online course that works for small business um, or people who don't want to go and invest in a, a degree or a cert for or something like that. So yeah, join my mailing list, do all the things on social, and then you'll be across everything that I'm um, offering when it's available. That's fantastic. It has been so good to talk to you, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. I had a great time. Thank you. If you'd like to connect and work with Kerry, head to the links in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today on Mindset Mastery. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. I can't wait to have your company again next time. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.